I'm here to perform, get paid, go home, and, you know, take care of business. That's it. That's yeah. it. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fuck. I don't want to do shit else yeah. other than be the artist and be everything else that I have to be in order for the artist to do his thing. That's yeah. it. Um, here I am. I'm like, I'm just going to go until the wheels fall off. I guess it's kind of smooth. It's really weird because I'm not really speaking to you in front of me. But I have to think of you in front of me because if I don't, then I won't be able to speak to you. How you doing? <laughs> Get through this year just like I got through last year. What's up, y'all? This is Yoni Wolf. You're listening to the Wandering Wolf podcast. And uh, here I am. I just got out of this movie Southpaw. Jake Gyllenhaal as a boxer. Not a Southpaw. I was wondering the whole film, why it was called Southpaw. He was fighting right-handed the whole movie. I did find out at the end, not to spoil it for you, but yeah, anyway, uh, you know, fine, it was a fine movie, I took this day as a, not a, not a profound film or something that, that uh, is going to blow my mind or really stick with me later, but something that I got into and uh, was good to, to see in the theater, driving now. I do have a stick shift, a manual car. You're wondering how I'm holding this microphone and doing that at the same time. It's because I do have a third arm that comes out from my solar plexus. It's like sort of right between my two pectoral muscles, uh, a third arm does emerge. So that's what's holding this mic. Today on the podcast... I am pleased as punch and punch drunk to present my conversation with Sage Francis. Uh, I've known this guy for a long time, I guess since, you know, around the turn of the millennium or just after, but not really. Never really knew him. He always seemed a little bit... uh, I don't want to say he was scary. I know he's listening to this. He must be. Not that I was scared of him, but that he, that he, I don't know. He seemed like he didn't like me that much. But that, but I thought that about a lot of people maybe. And I still do probably think that about a lot of people. So I, I felt a little bit like he was standoffish towards me maybe. Um, but maybe that was wrong. I mean, we, we got into it in here. We talk about those old days um, in this conversation. Sorry if there's a little wind. I am driving, like I said. I think I'm going to head to Whole Foods um, to uh, do a little food shopping. I just got back from a tour, so the the, the uh, coffers in the fridge are, are, are empty. I just did a little four-date tour. Those of you who came out to support, I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. It was a good time uh, that was had by all. 
I don't have too much like in the way of spiritual insight to give during this intro. Not that I always do, but sometimes I give you a nugget or two of, of uh, quote-unquote wisdom. The things that I have rolling around in, in, in my empty little head here. But uh, today, not so much. I like to take an off day after any tour, even if it's a four-day tour. You know, look, I did, let's see, tw- or 14 plus 5 is 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, oh, 26, or even, even a little more tw- than 26 hours of driving in four days. So, you know, it's a lot. It was a lot. And then, of course, you know, all the other stuff that you do on a tour. So I'm a little sort of, I'm, I'm deserving of a little day off to, to just mellow out. But that said, I'm going to put this podcast together today so I can have it out by tomorrow. So not quite a day off, but more or less, more or less. Um, but yeah, it was a good, good little tour. Uh, had some good good car time with Serengeti. He's always uh, enjoyable to tell some stories and come up with hypotheticals. He likes to come up with hypotheticals, little jokes about what if this was like this and this was like this. Anyway, I, I don't have much else to say. I, I, I'll think of more things later to say and uh, bring them to you. But for now, let's just move forward. Well, you can go to the wanderingwolfpodcast.com if you want. And uh, if you missed, uh, if, they, if I didn't have your size t-shirt or something on this little tour, you can find those there, and, as well as the tapes and stuff like that. So, yeah, go do that. Um, uttered in Diet. That's it. Let's get into this conversation with Sage Francis. Right. Uncle Sage. <laughs> Uncle Yoni. Or Yanni is the star, the doorman. Uncle Yanni. The doorman called me Yanni. Yeah. Oh, they all do. Um, oh, is that a common thing? Oh, I never. Common. Since yeah, okay. I was a kid. Since I was a kid, for sure. Uh, so, how, but how, how's the tour going in general, would you say? Um, really good. Yeah. Uh, for what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's, uh, man, I started touring um, when Copper Gone dropped last yeah. year. Uh, in fact, how, how long ago was that? Like May? Well, it, it dropped in June. I started okay. the tour on May twenty eighth. Uh, Just about a year ago. <clears throat> oh yeah, over Just a year, over ago. year ago. Yeah. Um, wait. What, what, well, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So it's been a full year. Um, yeah. In fact, I've circumnavigated the globe, and I'm actually hitting. So you haven't city- stopped. No, I haven't stopped. I, I'm wow. hitting cities that I already I played the first like yeah. like last year, and um, there was a couple cities I played on the same exact date that I played last year. Totally Weird. coincidental. That's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for the fact that I just keep going, the shows are have been like good nothing disastrous has happened yeah. you know uh, merch sales are good the i haven't had to like make any concessions health wise like sometimes if i start losing my voice it sounds like i am now but 
I'll cut the set down a little bit. Yeah. But now I do about a 70 to 75 minute set. That's healthy chunk. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, I could get away with doing 50 minutes yeah. or sometimes 45. Yeah. In a, you know, if I really that, have to. That's pretty much what I do. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a good set. Yeah. I think that's a good time. But my, my catalog, I found that my catalog is so deep and I have fans from every era. Yeah. And if I don't perform music from their era, you know, it's, it's like, what the fuck, man? And right. like last night. And I understand that because I'm like that too. If I go yeah. see, and I it disappoints me, I'll go see Bob Dylan, and and he won't play any songs that I right. I, I'm like really well, into. He apparently is. He, he doesn't want to do that, right? Right, right. <clears throat> but that's Bob Dylan. Everyone it is. Knows I mean, that. that's yeah. so weird. I shouldn't have used him as an example, mm-hmm. but uh, anybody who does that, you leave kind of like, man, I really wish they would have done this. Yeah. So I try, you know, I try to at least touch the albums, every album, make sure. I appease those those people. But last night I got off stage, and it's, it's such a pet peeve of mine. But this girl was like, you know, I was really, I, I can't believe you didn't play this song. Yeah, and I was like, I have like two hundred over two hundred songs. Right. If you really want a certain every song, single song, let me know ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Not that I'll play it, but at least like maybe I can do something for you. But yeah, yeah that those when those, when those things happen when because my adrenaline was already rushing and going through that that set, always thinking the things were going to collapse on me on stage. I was like, just just give me a hug and shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I hear that, man. I, I get the same thing. I mean, I, I I'm just usually pretty straight up, like you know, like about it. It's like I. I brought this certain set this is what I yeah have. exactly this is what i can do like, oh that's another thing my set yeah the way i've crafted it mm-hmm. is is i've found for me is the perfect set for me physically um delivery wise execution wise and if i throw any i know it sounds weird and this might be totally in my head but if i throw something new into the mix yeah i exhaust myself a lot quicker right, right. other than like if i keep it exactly how it is you're used I know. To this muscle memory. Yes. Yeah. It's total muscle memory. So tell me, tell me this: when you have health issues, is it is it throat stuff? Because yeah. I remember you had a surgery like ten years ago or something. Well, right? no. Well, they they told me I was going to need surgery. Okay. So I went on prednisone and oh, geez. yeah, I went mute for two weeks. Might have been a month. I can't. Yeah, no, two weeks sounds about right. But it was like nodules or something. Yep. Okay. Yep. So I developed nodules, um, obviously polyps, and after that, after that steroid regimen and the being mute, they went away. Okay. And I was very. I was and you very, were able um, to get off the steroids. <clears throat> yeah. Oh yeah. That was only a temporary. Was, yeah. The, yeah. They. I don't really remember. It wasn't that long, but whatever they needed it for it all worked i mean i trusted the because he said if this doesn't work you have to get surgery yeah and when you get surgery there's no guarantee you might even lose your voice but right. there's no guarantee you'll have the same voice once you know once you have it yeah i was like I, I was, it really freaked me out and i was living the only time i've ever lived with somebody <laughs> and i live <clears throat> okay this happened during the only time i've ever lived with somebody in my like cabin in the woods and I had to be mute. You live in a cabin in the woods yeah. now, currently. That's where I grew up. Okay, in okay. Rhode Island. We're gonna get back to that, but but. Um, so, the so fact you... that I had to be around this person, but I couldn't talk. Yeah. And we're all alone. It really like. I still I have a door. <laughs> I I cover it when people come over because I scrawled on my door like a crazy person. Stop asking me open ended questions, and we because like you, when you can't talk everything. 
yeah. uh, builds up and um, anyways I made it through no one got killed <laughs> yeah. she didn't kill me I didn't kill her but it, the relationship didn't last very oh, long especially after that. alone in a cabin like <laughs> yeah. no one else to talk to like that must have been yeah, yeah. my dad actually had that surgery uh, mm. a couple of months ago and he couldn't talk for two weeks after the surgery I don't know how many I think he just had one polyp or something like that but well, uh, from what? How did he develop it? He's a preacher. Oh, okay. You know, so he and he just is constantly talking to people and constantly. Well, you know, must have had polyp problems at some point, right? Me? Yeah. No. Never. I warm up before I play, and no, you never exert yourself like overexert by I mean, accident. A little bit, but I'm I'm careful about it. I'm aware of it. Part of that is because I remember that happening to you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I have know. a problem that I can't. If I'm not hurting myself in some way, it feels like I, I did a bad show. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I feel that way about sweating or something like that. Like if it's if it's some like beautiful, cool French venue, you know, and like I didn't, I'm wearing like a fucking real nice flannel and I didn't sweat at all. Oh right. I'm just like, did, you that, have to did sweat. that even happen? You know, like is that? Even, That's weird. If you don't sweat, count. yeah, no, you don't get yeah. paid. Fuck that. Exactly. Uh, but no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There is a, a certain like you want to feel like you well, put you give you some everything. Sort of sacrifice. Yeah, well, audience. exactly. You're giving your everything to that moment. Yeah, you have to hurt yourself. That's yeah. that's that is your sacrifice to the stage, you know, to the altar of the show gods. Like today, I threw my back out. You know, like yeah. I do hope you're happy. Do you think? Do you think that 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 this thing that we do? Is in some way related to to like yeah like some shaman like fucking cutting themselves or or, 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 or Jesus on the it cross is. or well, whatever the fuck it really you is. Say. I think in modern times it is. I mean we we're devoid of a lot of that in, in the extreme sense. So it, it gets dispersed in small amounts in yeah. different parts of our life. And a live show is one of the last bastions of live performance that is dangerous. Like it. I mean, it can be dangerous. Yeah. Fights do happen. Like, there is an interaction. It's not a computer screen. You're not a hologram. Right. You're an actually living person. You're going through some shit on stage. People are going through some shit off stage. And um, some are there to worship you. Some are there to hate you. Like, it's... Do you find that you get a lot of haters? And have you had to have you had to physically fucking put motherfuckers down? Uh, yeah. Every, s- every tour. I know. saw... Every tour? Yes. Like, beat somebody down? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The one time I saw... This happened was a Slim's years and years and years ago where uh, there was some sort of altercation. I don't remember exactly what it is. Well, he was throwing little pieces of uh, balled up paper at That's you. That's right. Throwing shit at you. And then he and then you were like, motherfucker, stop or whatever. He tried to get on stage and you just shoulder checked him right back down yeah. uh, off stage. And then at some point, I remember I was like in the rear of the room. And I remember you slapping him in the face, and I it was so audible yeah. throughout the whole <laughs> fucking place. Uh, once I did that, I, this is very strong in my memory because it kind of messed with my my following in San Francisco for a while because it's such a it was such a hippie crowd, and I think at that point in my career um, and hanging with y'all, it was like yeah. this is peaceful kind right. of a hippie thing we're doing, but I still like I was. I still am, like, not there. Like, I want to yeah. be that, but yeah. I... You are who you are. I, yes, you grew I, up how you grew up. You got, I, so yeah. I slapped this kid so loud. Yeah. Not hard, but loud. <laughs> right. 
It was hard, but it was loud. To be loud, it has to have, be very, very yeah. open palm. There has yes. to be a certain acoustic. Exactly. I had yeah. Yeah. a cup. I cupped his face. Uh, <laughs> half the crowd filtered out after I did that. Okay. Okay. And I watched them. They oh, just I was like, look, I didn't turn away, man. They they just filtered out. I received hate mail from a lot of people after that. And um, you well, know, he's I chalked it up. Shit to, at you, like yeah. Well, they. they I don't know. People I don't, don't think you're people real. To, yeah, exactly. You're just exactly. They they they're used to looking at a screen, so they that's why the that altercations happen. And I've been trying. Like it really hasn't been extreme on the, on this last tour. In fact, it's been better for me to be by myself. I've I found that when I'm with others, it compounds. I don't know why, but when I have more free time, and I I, I fix, find myself in those, on something. Or yeah, yeah. But now I get to a show. I do, I'm so busy. I do sound check. I yeah. set up my merch table. I sell merch. So my interactions are very. Um, I, th- I think the boundaries are set and they're clear. Someone wants to engage me in a conversation. I'm sorry, but not only am I trying to save my voice, but this is not the environment for it. And, I'm and trying you'll to tell people that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not that they'll accept that. Right. But right. At least they have a reason to go home with. And they don't think I was just like pushing them aside to chatted up with a girl at the bar which right. I don't do any of that shit I'm, right. I'm just trying to keep the, trying to get my it's shit business. done man when you, yeah. when, you, when you have shit and like I said I tour the same way right now on these solo tours and and it, it is uh, it's strictly business mm-hmm. you know it is yeah oh no one knows they want you to go to party afterwards nope. I'm like yeah no, I'm sorry brother mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing what are you doing now yeah. I'm, I'm going to fucking bed man yeah. I gotta wake up you know to drive another six hours tomorrow Absolutely. to do the show but um, for the most part I think they understand it but the later the night goes on the drunker people get and, for- and you don't drink no and, and they forget drink. they forget what they already told you and yeah. they forget what you told them yeah. and that is another that's a huge pet peeve of mine because oh, I can't deal the with the repetition yeah. re- repeatatoids yeah, yeah. yeah. They need it. They, they they fixate on you. They want to tell you the same thing over and over. It doesn't matter how many times you yeah. answer them. And there's no... I don't know how to quell that situation. So that is when I become combative. But so, so, and, I, and I'm trying to get beyond that. Really, like, honestly, this tour has been good. I haven't, like... I've... Maybe I've pushed somebody just to, like, get the point across. But there's... I haven't thrown blows or nothing have, like that. Have you had to throw blows in the past to, like, straight-up fist fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's but, stupid. It's dumb. It's dumb. Well, of course. But it, it... I never feel good afterwards. Like, when I'm home... When I get back... Yeah. You know, like, I feel like shit. But I, I'm assuming that it was something that they started. All right. I don't... I mean, I don't go out... Look, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm really but, trying to get through this thing. I, sure. Like, I just want to... I'm, I'm here to perform... Get paid, go home, and, you know, take care of business. That's it. That's yeah. it. I don't want to fight. I don't want to fuck. I don't want to do shit else yeah. other than be the artist and be everything else that I have to be in order for the artist to do his thing. That's yes. it. Yes. So all the extraneous stuff, it, it, it comes and goes. And I think sometimes maybe maybe I don't shun it well enough maybe a part of me welcomes it I'm like alright let's fucking do this I think that you then. have I think that you have a, uh, a part of your personality is is uh, uh, you like the friction yeah you like, you like some friction I don't I, mean, I don't think I like it I, I just or, think or it's, ne- it's, it's like in, in, in I'm grown. predisposed to it somehow. yeah you're predisposed to it which is probably just based on whatever growing up yeah. however you grew up and and yeah, I, I found myself explaining that to people. Yeah, in fact, last night, and the girl was like, "Well, she wanted to hear inherited scars," and I, me trying to explain why I didn't play it, I, 
I was sounding very aggressive, yep. and she she was like trying to calm me down. I'm like, no, no, I'm okay. I want you to know why I didn't play it. And like, right. she's like, no, I'm sorry that I said that. I was like, no, don't be sorry. I, I just want to explain to you what the fuck's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, I I hate being aware of that and not being able to turn it. Yeah. Because I was so aware of it in the moment, and knowing how she was feeling, knowing how I was coming across, my inability to make it see, make her know, I'm happy you like this song. Right. Here's why I, I didn't play it, but I, if you let me know before, I could actually work it in. But into it the sounds set. like you're yelling at her. Yeah. <laughs> right, like I was right. disappointed in her right. for asking about it. Right. I couldn't turn it. So I, whatever but it is. Have you, have you tried different things for, 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 uh, you know, for, for getting past that, that way that you I, don't like about yourself? Um, like meditation or, or, I, I think know. meditation is super important, but, and I know I need to do more of it. Um, what I've done, I've, I've turned into a recluse. Like I, I, um, I avoid it. I avoid interactions. I, I stay away from, I don't even want the drama. I like, I'd love to have more company and enjoy people's company, but for what it has resulted in, time and time again through the years, I've um, I've kind of pushed it all away and like all right. and push people away. Yeah, push people away. But that can't push... be the answer ultimately. Why not? Monks I mean, do it. It could. Okay, it could be. So this is my. I have other forms of meditation. I have other forms of of, of self embetterment, which does not include me having to deal with the drama that comes from. <laughs> interacting but, with randoms but do you feel yeah the randoms okay but do you feel like you well, everyone's random well that's not true you have you have family and you have you know no well my family I have I have a very small family okay I'm, I'm, I'm they don't live near me my mom uh, lives in Florida my grandmother lives in Florida my other grandmother lives an hour away that's it. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I have a, like extended family outside of that, but I, I'll see them maybe on Christmas. Yeah. And I, you know. What, what What about? I mean, do you not have girlfriends ever at, at yeah. this point? I well, no. I, I thankfully not right now. I'm blissfully single, and uh, but I'm a, I'm a serial monogamist, and I've been oh, I've, I I've been in long term relationships all through the years. The last, I mean, the last major one was six years long. Okay. And that when that collapsed. <clears throat> when I couldn't make it work with her and I, I was making all the concessions that I was making and that's part of the reason I stopped touring for four years because I knew I couldn't make the relationship work if I was always on the road Yeah. and then when that still failed maybe that's why I'm doing 200 shows in a row now right, just like right. I, had, I don't know you know like and I did I, I dated um, someone else I took her on the road because she was helping with projections and she was um, I've been great friends with her for a long time, and she does my design work, a lot of it. You were friends with her before you yeah. began a romantic Yeah, for like 10 years, okay. but, I, you know, like, we weren't around each other, and then it worked out, and I was, you know, I was like, give it, let's give it a shot. It was a year after my last relationship. Yeah. And that also, I mean, I figured maybe bringing someone on the road is the way, even though I know, like, deep down, that's a bad thing, but it's a pressure I mean, cooker of either of way is hard. Either way yeah. is hard, man. E- e- whether you're you're gone and she's at home or whether she's with you on the road, like, the road is, tough, is, is yeah. hard. Yeah. So that didn't work out. That, that kind of really sucked in, in the end, but, um, and now I can't even figure out, I can't even begin to, to predict how it, something might work after this. I'm not... 
even looking to that. I'm just get through this year just like I got through last year and next year has to be something different but because I can't keep touring it's, when are you booked <laughs> out until um till December holy Christ yeah. dude so I'm I mean, going stacking to, cash oh yeah I mean, you know yeah, I'm making enough money good. to disappear forever yeah yeah that's something that's something uh but it's it's, <laughs> it's not everything when you say disappear I assume it's that you do have a town somewhere near you yeah a what? A town. Oh, yeah, I live in a town. You live alone in no, I just woods. live. I'm tucked away. That's yeah. it. I have one neighbor. Um, like, are you outside of Providence? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, north, north. Okay. And it's where I grew up. Okay. Um, in this same this same area? Same house. Same house. Yeah. Shit. Okay. So okay. I bought it I bought it off my mom when she moved to Florida. And I was, um, I thankfully had enough money at the time. But this was in, because I had already done, like, two or three tours and I, I was I paid off my student loans first of all like that was the first thing I did um, and then she said she was moving which was a big surprise to me she came home remarried one day I didn't even know her last name you know <laughs> like, oh my goodness. things are just happening so fast and this is when personal journals right around that, that time so when 02, that came out 03 yeah so yeah I bought yeah in 03 is when she is when she moved told me the house was going up for sale I said don't sell it let me buy this because I knew it would really hurt me to not be able to go to that place. It's it's such a nice, tucked away, quiet place of solitude. And you must have fond memories of growing up there if you wanted to. Now, you know stay that's the weird there. thing. I don't like. I don't have any great memories of childhood memories there because yeah. there wasn't a neighborhood. I, I kind of lived in my head for most of my youth um, outside of school and sports. But when I was home, I was like. That's that's how I became a writer. It's how I became a rapper. It's like I just worked and used my imagination in my room, and you know. Yeah. But it's not like I had, like we used to. We used to do this here. We used to do that. Nah, there's nothing like that. Wait, did, did you you grew up just with your mom? No, my mom and my stepdad. Okay. Um, that's it. Yeah. And no siblings. No, I have siblings, but I didn't grow up with them. Okay, got you. I have, I, and I met. I'm, I have four or five. They're like way older or way younger. <laughs> One of them is older. The rest are younger. Okay. Um, I've I've become acquainted with them over time. Uh, two of them, I well, three I stay in relatively good contact with. Uh-huh. Um, it, it, it's such a messy family situation on, on that side. Uh, it was my dad, my my biological That's on your father. Dad's side? Yeah, okay. you know, he spread his seed wildly. Got and... you, Bob Marley style. <laughs> yeah. And. I don't know. Yeah. I lived with him part-time. So, I mean, I... While he had custody of me, he lost custody of me... Uh, twice. Those, those were really stupid memories that persist. But I remember the first time he lost custody of me, I was four... Four years old. And he took me to we have a drive-in theater that is a porn theater it was a porn theater uh-huh. and he took me and my brother but we were in the back and he was with his girlfriend in the front of the truck and i remember the movie told my mom and grandma about it he lost custody it was a porn movie it was yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. Um, it was it was yeah it was a porn movie Jesus. it was like and it wasn't like it was i don't think it was on some creep shit yeah. like i don't think he 
I, you know, it wasn't like he was molesting me or anything. Right, right. But but was he fucking in the front seat? I don't know. I, my, my brother and I didn't really care. Yeah. Like, I even think there was a swing set for some reason in this, like, lot. But I remember the we movie. Send, I watched it. I can still remember the you... scenes. Like, okay. I, if I saw the movie again, I definitely would know, you know, what it was. Was that your first, uh, you know, foray into sex? Um, I, I suppose, because I, yeah, I had no idea what it was, and right. I didn't know it was dirty, or, you know, I didn't know it was supposed to be shameful or whatever. Yeah. That's why I openly just talked about what I saw. Yeah. Explaining the scenes. I remember explaining the scenes. And like mom. Yeah, and oh, they're, like, man. they're shock and horror. Yeah, and yeah. So, he lost custody after that. I was told, like, he was going to kidnap me. Um, I had to, like, be in fear that he would just pop up at some point and take me away. And he did at one point. But this was because but he, he wasn't a, scary, though. To me, he was. Okay. I think okay. he was a scary dude. Okay. Uh, and my grandma, uh, his mother, I'm very close with her. She probably would hate to hear that. But I think he was a very scary person, and he was a bad person, and he did a lot of bad things. I didn't know the good side of him, really. Okay. Um, and everything that we shared together and did together was was not what I would do with a son. Um like what? What sorts of things? I, I mean, he was trying to get the sissy out of me, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, like kinda, everything kinda I did old was like, in that way. yeah, yeah, yeah. Old school, new. It England. just wasn't loving, you know. It was, yeah. it was very, it was very harsh, and it was very, it just was not caring. And I, yeah. I, I think he was like that with everybody. He, he got my brother hooked to, to heroin. He got people in my family like. What do you mean? He got him hooked like to I, heroin? he. I was told he introduced my brother to, to heroin. heroin. And was, you, did other it, drugs Because your dad was doing heroin Yes, yes okay. So they, they, he had a drug problem And he tried to overcome that By uh, trading in religion with with the addiction As did his circle of friends Like way later? No, it was all in the same time I see So they'd go from one they'd to the other Yeah, so they deal with this shame And then they go wild out And um, it was a, it was like a cultish fucking religion. It was very. What was it called? Um, I don't even know. I okay. they spoke in tongues. Yeah. You know, they they would have seizures during the sermons yeah. and stuff like that. I went to a few. It wasn't in a church. It was like in this person's apartment. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like some kind of Pentecostal thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm speaking of this all from memory from when I was young. I, this wasn't a topic I could even discuss with others. It was a, I wouldn't bring it up with my mom or anything. As, you know, when she finds out certain things like that, now, now later in life, yeah. she just feels... What's the point of telling her? Right, she's she feels feel guilty. Yeah, it. she feels yeah. awful. And I'm, still in all, it was all right for me. Like, nothing, nothing awful happened. I, in fact, it was probably good. I was exposed to a lot of... Strange things early on. I sh- learned how to shoot a gun. <laughs> At what the, age? Oh man, I was little. Yeah, yeah. I was too little to be holding a rifle. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It like kicked back into my face, and I never you, wanted to shoot a gun. You think ever you again. still do it? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when, when did you start fighting? Uh, like doing martial arts and also just fighting kids? Um. I didn't get in a lot of fights as a kid, hardly any fights. I um, but I started martial arts. I was I was I was um, hugely into ninjas. Okay. And you know, Weren't ninja we all, flicks. Man. Yeah, I know yeah. it was, that was our generation. It was ninja and rap. Yeah. Like, and they were both magical to me. So 
I got involved in both at the same time. I was about eight years old, and um, the first one I went to was a very traditional Okinawan Kempo school. They never fought, and it was it was oh, like all forms. It was ba- yeah forms yeah. and uh, what else did we do? I mean, other than stretching and working out and stuff, it was we never spot sparred, and this became a matter of contention for me. Do you have to force yourself not to say spot? Yes. <laughs> I, I yeah. think you should say yeah. it. I, li- I like accents. <laughs> yeah, but then it causes confusion with a lot of people. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we spied. Um, now I got in a fight. Well, a kid basically dragged me around by my hair, and I didn't fight back because it had been drilled into my head. Never fight. Never use what you're taught here. This is at school? At the, yeah, at the karate school. Oh, at the at karate the school. school. Okay, yeah. so he, he dragged you around at the... At no, the- no, no, no. Uh, sorry, I'm confusing you here. Uh I was there for three years. Yeah. They were, or maybe four, they were very strict about never fighting. Yeah. So then when I found myself in a school fight. I see. And I'm getting dragged around, I couldn't fight back because it had been drilled into my head, never fight, never right. fight. And uh, eventually I'm like, fuck that. I need to go to a new school. Yeah. <laughs> so my dad, my stepdad, well, I'd call him dad from here on out. He took me to... A guy he worked with um, who had this, like, underground... It was literally underground. It was in a basement of a gym in one socket. Uh, and it was like Cobra Kai. It was like that was, no was mercy. Like the bad school. Yeah, it was the bad school. <laughs> yeah. It was black. the bad... We wore black. <laughs> it was the bad school. And I, I was there for so, so long. Like, that's where my first exposure to... Um, mixed martial arts it was we did everything before UFC uh, yeah before UFC even was around so we did grappling and um, we fought and we fucked each other up and I um, I kind of like that was my religion from there on out like it was always in my head it was and it still is I still have dreams about it you know I'm so out of shape now that I'm actually ashamed to the point where like because I would love to see my my sensei yeah but I can't in this think, condition oh I see you're I would sh- never like I would never ever I still have dreams about it though and I still have dreams that I, I'm going back and they're expecting me to do all the things I used to do because right. I I actually ended up teaching there and I became a private instructor and stuff when they become more legitimized but um yeah that was my that was my life that kept me disciplined that kept me straight that kept me out of trouble um, it allowed me a place to vent and, you know, get my frustrations and aggression out yeah. in, a, in a healthy, good way, I think. And that was me all the way through until I started touring. Okay. That was after that. After, well, college, I slowed down once I got into college. Just spending but, all that time away from there. Yeah, because yeah. uh, the more I was away, the more um, I had to focus on other things. I did. I wanted to focus on music. I yeah. wanted to focus on poetry. Yeah. And what I was doing with, with the martial arts was the martial arts was taking up so much of my head, so much of my life, my time. Yeah. I had to break free. Um, and I made a clean cut. I just never looked back at a certain point and I, I felt bad about did you, that. Did you come to the sensei and, and say like, this is what I'm doing? No, I, I, I didn't. You just did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, that's probably the most cowardly thing of my life, but I didn't know for sure. Like I didn't know I was leaving forever. I just was like, I have to start focusing on other things. Yeah. And also, it was important for me to break free and have a rebirth of a, of a different sort. Yeah. Um, Look, it was I, super I, important not for Not to me. interrupt, but I think you could go back to the sense. I mean, you've, 
you've, you've been successful with what you did. Yeah. So it's like, it's, you know, so you've gained a little weight. I mean, you know, who gives a yeah. fuck, you know? I, I don't know. I, I know who, I mean, in the broad sense, That's what who happens. Gives a fuck? We're in our late 30s, right? That's <laughs> yeah. what happens. I know. Well, it just was, it was so hardcore there. Yeah. And I, it was drilled into my head that, you know, like these motherfuckers are in their black belts and then they get fat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and like, I remember hating those dudes. <laughs> so yeah. I'm that dude now. Yeah. I mean, I could never claim that I have a black belt. Like, if you're not keeping up your training and shit, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, fuck that. You don't have a black belt anymore. You get demoted. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You definitely lose it. I don't have anything. I don't, I don't, haven't retained a lot. I mean, I can, yeah. I can grapple. I can fight. You'd still I mean, whoop either. that ass. I yeah, mean, I could. I yeah. could. But for what I needed to do in that school, that was yeah. not, that, I don't, I have not retained that but stuff. The, but, you know, in, 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 a, in a situation at a bar with a drunk person or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you know, I did send him a thank you letter later in life. Yeah. Um, for all that, I feel like he had, he saved my ass. Yeah. In many situations. Many times over. I told him, I, I wrote him a letter. Um, thanking him for just everything that he taught me and, and the time we spent together. And and I gave him situations that I was in that I was able to get out of because of his because of his teachings. Yeah. And, uh, that was that was my one kind of throwback to the past life. There. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. So so. I'm assuming that you you did rap all the way then from. When you were eight, you kind of dabbled, right? I yeah, I was very serious about it. Okay, I saw. I mean, I have all the writings still. I have all the recordings through the years. Um, I had no idea how to do it professionally. I had no idea. There was no one around me who did it. My parents weren't musicians. Um, no one. There was no culture in my town. Really, it was barely any black people. Probably, probably there. yeah. There was. Did, we had yeah. We had we had a, a mixed family. Okay. <laughs> there was one, one mixed, mixed family. family. Did you did you feel weird about being a white kid in up in Providence doing doing something that was like a a, a black Brooklyn thing or whatever you know? I mean, well, yeah. Well, it wasn't Providence because Providence does have a, a big black population and okay, a lot but of minorities. But in yeah. northern, like I was yeah. in White Lily, Northern Rhode Island, and yeah. I was teased um, at first. It was the fad of the '80s where everyone took breakdancing classes, right? And did Fruity so, Pebbles rap? Yeah, right. Yeah. So they were familiar with rap and hip hop, but that was the extent of it. Yeah. And the fact that I still was interested in rap after that phase, because to them it was the fad. Yeah. And I was wearing Run DMC shirts to school, and I was, I was just out of the norm. Like, I was breaking status quo by how I, I was presenting myself and what I was listening to. Because it was rock and roll and heavy metal. That's it. That's yeah. the, the school. Big that's all it did. Times. And I hated that. Yeah, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. I hated the sound of a guitar. I Like, my nightmares had guitars mm-hmm. in them. <laughs> that's how I associated it. But what's funny now, in retrospect, you look back at the Beastie Boys and Run DMC, and they, they it's all like had full guitars. of like yeah. heavy metal <laughs> yeah. guitars. Yeah. That we... I suffered through, but I was like, yeah. this is, yeah, this is cool, but so you now I like it. I you didn't have any, any, like, support within this? Did You didn't have any crew or, like, one I, other I did kid? Find, yeah, I did like, find, I did start finding kids who were into rap, or sometimes I feel like I, I like, tricked them into, like, doing rap stuff with me. Yeah. Um, and I hey, took... wait a second, <laughs> this is rap! <laughs> well, I did, I, I, we would, like, I'll be like, we want to make fun of this kid in school. Uh-huh. You know, let's write a rap about him. Right. So then we would write these raps, which were... And this kid, 
I rapped with, he hated rap, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he still does, but he was so good. Yeah. Like, he actually was a really dope MC. He sounded like LL Cool J, and he had those inflections, and uh-huh. and he didn't give a fuck. It just was, like, so natural. Yeah. And I still have the recordings of it, and um, so I, I mean, I couldn't... What's he do now? Man, I hadn't seen him since high school, and he was... He popped into one of my shows on the last last year's tour and wouldn't like say what's up. He just I heard like he hit me up on email. Okay. Like, can you put me on the list? I was like, fuck yeah. And I heard he came in and he just like poked around all like squirrely and then left. He was like okay. not comfortable with, yeah, the, yeah. with the situation. But um I'd love to talk to him. I've I've heard some fucked up stories. Um I can't. I shouldn't talk about this. Sure, sure. Because I don't want to put him on blast, but I miss him as a friend. I'd love to speak with him. But outside of him, there was like when Socket was more of, it's not urban, but it was more of an urban area that was close to where I live, and that's where kids were more into hip hop. Okay. And uh, at the town fairs and shit, that's where I would meet um, other kids. Oh, and we also had a daycare, or not a daycare, a summer camp that our parents would drop us off. And that's actually, yeah, that is how we met. That's how we started. Like I'd bring my boom box, I'd play rap and wait for people who were into it. Okay. So then I found the people who liked rap. We would rap. Um, at the summer camp. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Like a day daycare. Camp day camp. Day? That's what it yeah. is. Day camp. Day camp. Yeah. Um, but still in all, they didn't live next to me. So yeah, we didn't really do anything until I was about 14 years old. I don't even know how we were able to get together, but um, I had this dude as a hype man, basically. I wanted my Flavor Flav, so right. I was entering contests and doing battles and shit. And back then, like, talent shows where, well, battles or whatever, they were just like, you go up there and do a, a song or something, and then the next person goes, and that's how it was. It wasn't, yeah. like, face-to-face. Oh, I and see. So, but it was it was, considered, it was considered a battle. Yeah, it was a contest. But it was like rap contest. But you weren't freestyling about someone. I wasn't even freestyling. No, yet. not I, even freestyling. I, yet. I mean, I was, but yeah. not like I was awful, and no one ever. I didn't even know about freestyling. Right. I would freestyle if I if I felt like rapping and I didn't have anything to rap. Yeah. You know, yeah. nothing. No uh, written. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Say something. But it, um. But it was just like a, a talent show. Yeah. Yeah, so then we, we did that, and um, a manager... Were you successful at those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because... Well, I guess it is it is a bit of a surprise, I guess, because what kind of experience did I have up, up to then? I don't know. I, I do remember... Oh, I remember I was 12. I had a friend who had a car and took me to this place called Vibes, um, and it was a dance club, but it was for kids. Okay. Like an underage dance club. We had something like that It was here. weird. Like, yeah. I would never think... I don't know. Anyways, then they had wet t-shirt contests and stuff. At the <laughs> yeah, underage it was weird. Dance yeah, club? yeah, yeah. Weird. And... But only for the boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's where I first rapped in front of people because they had a contest. They were like, hey, who raps here? You know, yeah. I went up, they did it, and I won this contest. I got a t-shirt... Uh, the DJ signed it. I brought it home. I just was like, I was elated. I was, I was just was like, I, I remember that that night. I could hardly sleep. I was just so excited that I was going to be a rap star. You know, yeah. and in my head, I'm like, this is it. Right. You know, I just won this contest. People are going to start recognizing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so I, then I started just going in front of crowds to win them over. That's how you'd go this to things like this, any kind of open mic yeah. slash whatever. Any talent contest, show. Yeah. any talent talent show. 
and uh, then a manager, a guy who wanted to manage me because he saw what I did. I was 14, I was turning 15, and um, yeah, he was like, I didn't know what a manager was, so it didn't matter to me, but I was like, because I was just so dumb. Everyone was so dumb. We didn't know anything about the music industry. We didn't know how to record records. We didn't know, I didn't know how to make beats. Uh, I remember, I, I bought a sampler because I heard, I bought an uh, SP-50. Okay. No, an Akai S50. I bought an Akai S50, okay. which... It was like a keyboard thing, or no? No. It was a rack mount with eight buttons. Um, it held, I think, like 12 seconds of time, but there was no automation. There was, like, there was... It didn't remember anything. I had to manually press every button. Right. That, to me, I was like, this is the most difficult... Right. Making beats is the most difficult thing in the world. I'm just going right. to focus on rap. So that's what I did. But I still fucked with beats, but... No, I would never rap over those beats. Um, did, did you find somebody to, to work with in that capacity? Not really, not really. Um, so you were just jacking shit, basically. I was, ta- yeah, taking instrumentals, yeah. and and that's I, I rapped over uh, Arrested Development's Tennessee. That was my big go-to. It's, for sh- it's fucking rules. Yeah, shit still rules. It's a good song, actually, yeah. too, man. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I did, and uh, yeah. So this guy is like. Oh, who wanted to manage me? He's like, all right, we're gonna find you beats. So then he would take me to South Providence and like these random dudes who had samplers and records. And all right, we fucked around a little bit, and nothing official ever happened. But he did sneak me into a Marky Mark show. Okay. Backstage to get me on stage. So Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch was playing in Providence, and we get in there, little kids basically. But I, I looked old for I was fourteen. I looked older than that. Um, <laughs> and so you did did you perform I did I get yeah I get well I I he only did one, like maybe two or three songs it was like an appearance I, I don't see, know I, it, see. I don't know what it was but like meeting him and then he let me be on stage during his set which was amazing Wait, you, to me you you rap backstage to him I didn't even rap. He just we told him we rap. I see. He didn't I even see. have to hear it. He, he didn't have to hear it. Nah, he just my he manager just, he Larry saw it in your eyes. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, he's like, yeah, come up on stage. So then we went up on stage as, like, the Funky Bunch, part of the Funky Bunch, right? And uh, when he was done, I told the sound guy to put on my tape. And then I fucking rocked out right when he was done. I went into my song. Did people keep watching? Yeah. They went wild. It was like, that was truly a, like a, a, a superstar moment where I felt like this is big time and it was for me you actually gave him a tape of your instrument yeah yes that he had to, yes, my, yeah. the sound guy I gave him the tape and it was this was a problem back then because I didn't like that's how we did every, all, yeah. every time we performed it, the beat was on tape but it, there were dubs of dubs it was like bad sound quality I never really knew how to like get the tape to exactly where it needed to be for the beat to start where it needed to start right but whatever we worked through all of that and uh no yeah. no, no, no fast forward sound man <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we did yeah yeah exactly what we did I, I have like bad memories of that no 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 to the beginning to the beginning right. no no right. not that one it was like i can't believe we did that yeah so people wh- still did that into that adats when people were performing with ADATs? Do you, do you remember that? I, I never performed with ADATs. That must have been... I think that was more... Like VHS tapes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, telling the sound man where to go with it. Right. Like, man, they did that all into the 90s. It's nightmares. Like, late 90s. That's like... It is. You know, like, the amount of things that can go wrong there. <laughs> I mean, same with digital stuff, too, I suppose. But it seems a little more... At least you can start it wherever you want to start it. 
No, it's a it's a breeze now. So what what did Marky Mark say? Uh, he just was he was very affable. And, yeah. He, uh, he was cool. He just yeah. He just was like he was chilling backstage. He see he was with his crew. He was mm-hmm. like living it up. He was the man, you know. So, and I was just happy that he didn't tell me to get the fuck out. Right. So right. to me, he was a cool dude. Yeah. We didn't we didn't bro down, and I was probably. I don't even know if I said anything to him. I remember him calling me Ski. That was like they called each other Ski at the time. Ski. ski. Okay. Yeah. Was I like, think that was dude a blow or reference. Bro or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Blower of yeah. Ski. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, to bring that one back. Yeah. You want to go skiing? Let's go skiing. <laughs> uh, so when when did you start to feel like it was a, an actual possibility? I mean, you had the fantasy at that time. But when did it start to kind of be like, okay, I'm actually doing this as a full-time thing? Or, or Yeah, um, it was such a slow, hard grind, but do, kept doing those talent shows. All through high school? All through high school. In fact, the last one that I did, I was a senior, and uh, we did it in um, at the Strand in Boston. Uh, no, Roxbury. I think this is where Malcolm X was assassinated. Oh, wow. It was at, um, we did this thing out there. And it was that was just huge to me, and it was a bad part of town. It was like I had to go to all these things without my mom finding out, right. you know. So I was just always on the low. Never even wanted her to know I was rapping at a certain point because she'd take my rap tapes away. Okay. So I like kept everything very hidden and secret. Um, how did how did you feel about that? I do what you got to do. That's that's yeah. exactly how. I feel. But I, you didn't feel shame about rap or anything like no, that. No, 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 no. You just thought she didn't understand. She didn't. Parents just no. And if it, exactly, that was the one of the first things I did in the studio. Parents just don't understand. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. You know that in the malls they used to have. Uh, Absolutely. You can record a song. That's, yes. That, I have that one still. Okay. Okay. Um, she knew about that. Um, no, but. So I did that. I got another manager at that point. So after what? After that manager saw you there? Yeah. And so okay. another. So I left that at first manager. Just nothing happened. It was. Yeah. We. I was like. He ended up once I got my license. I just was carting him around Providence and picking up his daughter at daycare. Like I right, was. We right. weren't doing. Then shit. you started to realize what was actually yeah, going on yeah. there. So then. Uh, just an older dude that didn't have nothing. To- <laughs> so then this other cat had more connections. He was from Brooklyn, and he connected me with certain producers in Brooklyn um, and so would you fly down there no I drove I drove, or drove it was down close there. enough yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still I didn't have a regular producer but when I was in college but you were recording stuff down there no where in Brooklyn I no well I did but none of that has ever surfaced I gotcha. still have it yeah okay it but I didn't have a regular beat maker. Yeah. So then when I was in college, I went to the radio station and I just would rap over instrumentals and record that. And um, that's how band a band formed, because this dude asked me if I wanted to start a band. Okay. I was like, I didn't really care to have a band, but no one was making me beats and this was like this was it this is what, how we're going to start doing it and became the non-profits no that that was before non-profits okay. this was AOI which was artificial okay. intelligence and um i already had so many songs written and no music so then all we had to do was just i told him i was like just go this is how long the verse is how long the chorus is within within probably 6 months we were in the studio we banged out like 12 songs within 2 days yeah full instruments like it was crazy, I, and I could never do that now. Like yeah. vocally, I could not. 
perform stuff like so exactly because I do so many takes now. But because they always talk about your first, you know, thing as being, you know, because it's you're building up towards it for your whole yeah. start of your career, I guess. I had all these songs memorized. Exactly. I don't do that now. When I do new songs, they're not exactly memorized yet. Right. I'm still, they're still fresh to me. But back then, it was easy just to like go through all this material. So that was it. That was our my first like official recordings. Um, AOI? AOI, yeah. Okay. And then a lot of that is still kicking around. It's like on my mixtapes and stuff. Okay. So you'll just, you'll hack off a song and throw it on a mixtape? Yeah. 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 So, um. And it sounded professional. It was like yeah. at a studio. Yeah, it was good. Yards. It was yeah. good. We thought it was going to be in stores. We, the manager was telling us this and that, this and that. But ended, ended up, he didn't really even know how to put out records. But yeah. I think he, you know, at least gave us some confidence to like, move forward and yeah, you, do, you you made a record you yeah. had a record under your belt so then uh, the other what was more important was that we had we were able to do shows um a lot of clubs in rhode island weren't allowing hip-hop shows they did for a while but then there were shootings and fights and stuff and there's no more rap but with a band yeah with a band we were able to like sneak in and and um we showed them that we were drawing a crowd that was a hip-hop crowd, but they were not wiling out. They was, right. you know, respectful crowd. It was yeah. okay. And they were making money. I mean, I, that's it. At the end of the day. Is this in, <clears throat> in Providence? Or this was in that, sorry, this was in Narragansett. This was where University of Rhode Island okay. is in this, like, South County. Gotcha. Which is not, um, and in fact, I just played there for the first time since college uh, earlier this year, which is very strange. Because uh, it's not a, burgeoning scene or nothing it's, right it is a college, it's a college town. town so you get the you got those kids yeah um but being involved with the radio uh man well i don't know there's a lot of stuff that was happening sure. i've skipped a lot to get to that but you're, point but you're you're rapping on the radio at school this college radio and and then the nonprofit stuff did start from there it was a crew at first because there was kids i rep worked with in Woonsocket. Vocab was one of the guys, but Joe Beats was working at the radio station. He had just started figuring out how to like use samples and loop okay. things. And then we we're like, all right, we're going to start this posse, you know, a crew. We have the DJ, we had a couple MCs, you know, we have the beats, let's go. And then like, it just, it's tough to keep people all in one oh, spot. Oh yeah, that's so never easy. We just yeah. move forward, uh, you know, put out the 12 inch with the guy, um, whose radio show it was that I used to always ambush with my raps and freestyles. At the, and I had started freestyling around this point. This okay. was in the late 90s because, man. Where did, where did you first, like, hear about freestyling or learn about that that as a thing? Like battles and whatever. Yeah, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the people who were doing it with ADM came down um, and freestyled on the show. And then, like, I was aware of Freestyle Fellowship. Yeah. I was... Um, it just became, I think, into the greater hip hop conscience at that point. Yeah, that Freestyle started was to be a thing, thing in the in the mid late. I remember, 90s. yeah, yeah. Like special Ed was like all about it. Okay. <laughs> no one talks about Special Ed anymore, but he had he had some like really good shit. Like even later into his career. Um, for for me, it was it was the the Scribble Jams. That's where I really like Scribble Jam '95. I think was the first one I went to, and that was the first place that I saw people like yeah like. Whoa! Yeah, that's freestyle. Like, yeah, that's I didn't crazy. even know that's how they were doing it back then. Yeah, I, but that's um, 
I don't know how you guys in Cincinnati were up on that so soon with people just going at it like that. We, I mean, we first, were still... actually at the first at the first scribble jam. There, it wasn't a battle. It was just oh, okay. just guys like coming up and rapping. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I um, but it was it was obvious that it was freestyle. Okay, because yeah. we didn't. I didn't. We really didn't have much exposure to that where I lived. Yeah. And, and New York wasn't very much about that either. In fact, New York is one of the last holdouts. I, <laughs> I think, in a lot of ways, as far as like being really off the top. Right, they still did a lot of written stuff. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and I'm written. I'm just written by nature. I'm very. I yeah. love writing. I'm, same, I'm, same here. I'm just so. I want it to be exact. Yeah, your you know? shit's very intricate. And, yeah, yeah, so very put together. So getting like but switching. That said, you can freestyle. Yeah, really switching well. gears. I had to learn how to switch gears and yeah. and like give up on perfectionist being a perfectionist just yeah. to have fun with the freestyle still not something I really love like I don't like oh man I got a freestyle today right. like I don't ever feel that <laughs> yeah unless I'm with a certain person I guess right right there's people I tour with we love freestyling in the van yeah. you know that's that's the fun part for me I who, never want to who, who, who are you with that that makes that happen um Lord Grunge from Grand oh, Buffet yeah. You he's roll with fun. him sometimes? Though? Yeah, man. Okay. He's one of the only dudes I want to tour with. Those are the funniest dudes. They man. are. Grand Buffet's the shit. Yeah. So touring with them and freestyling and like really stupid and offensive freestyles. Yeah. Just to see how we can like throw each other off. Right. That's how, that's that's my fun. Do you, do you ever have to battle people like on uh, on stage like or, you know or like at a show or there ever kids that like it used to be like that. trying to get into I that. think I attracted that kind of fan base yeah. for a while and I'm glad it's not like that anymore Good. I can't even remember the last time yeah actually I do remember the last time it was in Milwaukee this dude was in the in the audience this was in 2000 probably in 2007 this was the very last time a dude in the audience with a sign that said battle me yeah that was it also happened That's in Detroit, bizarre. but yeah, it is. Like, all right, man, let's do it. His name was Justin. I still okay. remember that. Yeah, was he so. good, or, or did you tear him up? It was all right. Yeah, it wasn't freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. I see. <laughs> it wasn't freestyle. It was all right, though. They yeah, try to good. pull the wool. <laughs> it's a, you got to pull the wool sometimes. Yeah. Hey, fuck it. Um. So, how did you then? Hook up with us. I guess that's kind of the next step. Maybe. Soul. Um, Oh man, there was drama on radio. I had my radio show. I ended up with my own radio show at college. Yeah. Okay. That's the only reason I went to that college because I wanted to be on the radio, and I, that's you know I wanted to start self promoting. I was very shameless ah. about it. Um, it's like this like hour long commercial every day. Three hours. <laughs> three hour. Three long. hour commercial. Yeah. At once a week on on Tuesdays. Um, word had gotten out. That I was talking shit, and I don't remember about what, but I, in fact, about, about Soul, I didn't even know who Soul was. Okay, okay. I didn't even know Live Poets. Okay, but I think I probably was boasting about being like New England's number one dude, or whatever. Gotcha. You know, like I don't know what it was. And these like these fucking crumbs, this certain like faction of crumbs in New England who knew a lot of rappers, like hit up Soul, saying like he should come battle me. And then because he was also known as one of the good yeah, rappers, in they New just England. wanted yeah. to cause shit. Sure, really, sure. like they just wanted to see shit pop off. Yeah, which I was all about. I was yeah, like, yeah. yeah, let's do it, man, let's right. do it. Like I was in my battle heavy, heavy at this point. I was ready to go. Yeah. Um. So he, but he wasn't. He had just moved to California. He wasn't even around. But okay, that's so how this was... Ren. That's how Alias um, and uh, 
Mayo ended up finding out about me. They came down to the radio station just to chill, just so to talk. Nice. <laughs> it was nice. like that's how we connected. Yeah. And then when Soul came to visit his mom, I went to Maine. Somehow we were already friends, and we recorded a just song from the internet, probably. Yeah. yeah. 1998. Yeah. Recorded a song that uh, Alias made the beat for. Um. And we just stayed in contact since then. And it, it was all internet after that. Okay. I think there was the, the forum. And oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know. Did you get into that shit? You were into that oh, shit. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That, was a, that was a big... I didn't get deep into that stuff. That was big for me because that's yeah. how I, I ended up like getting a lot of things done. Okay. That's how I connected with the fans. That's how I made business deals. That's how I booked shows. I mean, that, that was, I guess... What then became MySpace and yeah. then Facebook and yeah. whatever. So it yeah, so it started with the true. forums. That's it was true. like, yeah. say, I was trying to save face on forums too. If people ever talk shit about me, I'd go right at them. Like, yeah. I can't spoil my name or, you know, yeah. whatever it was. So, I, yeah, I read some shit talked about me at one point on a forum, <laughs> but somebody had to point me towards it because I didn't really. It hurt. <laughs> oh, really? I can't, you can't let it hurt. It I just hurt. was afraid. I was, a, I never wanted, like, I wanted people to know I was I was watching and I was listening and yeah. like what do you like if you have a problem let's deal with this don't talk shit about me and so were you in on the whole like did you get into that like ATAC stuff or, or? yeah um, but I I did um, I worked well they were selling stuff right yeah yeah ATAC was that site that like it was like a P minus yeah and like. Uh, yeah, that's the first place that I started to sell tapes. Yeah, well, I, I did. They were one of many. I, I hit up as I was working with a lot of different places. I had yep. different distributors at the time. Um, this was at a time where people would pick up anything. They would pick up any tape. Any, Absolutely, yeah. any new, any new like underground tape. That so came different out. now. Like very, a, different. A, very different now. But there but, was there was not that many of yeah. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So putting stuff out, I I had people all over the place and. Um, I was also selling individual. I was selling the stuff myself. Yeah. I, like I allowed people to mail me cash, and I would send them their material. Right. That's how I developed my web store, which is still like it helps the label overall. That's how like we have kept a loyal fan base that continues to grow because of our direct contact with right. fans. This is the had beginnings I, of Strange Famous, yeah, essentially. Yeah. Had I give, had I not done that, I don't even know where I would be right now. Because I, you know. Hopping label to label. I don't want to do that. Like I, I'm, so you, not to jump too far in the future, but you, you're, you're settled on Strange, Strange Famous now. Coppergon yeah. came out on that, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and Coppergon was the first. That's the first one, so, right? Yeah. Official studio album, solo album that I released of my own. Because um, I was tied into a contract with Epitaph for three albums, which took me from 2005 until 2010. Yeah. And then I was on a hiatus. That's not—I don't know why you're smiling. That's not a long time. That's—that's that's normal to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm slow uh, as well, so that's <laughs> not. <laughs> well, in retrospect, I, I was like, man, what? Why? At the time, you I thought was, it was going to be three years. Yeah, I, I wish I had figured something else out. I didn't want to—I didn't want to do three albums with them, and I didn't—and I felt like. I but felt were they like, not good for you? Uh, right away they were yeah like the very first thing they did because it was brand new they put all their like their power into it and their influence and but after that it was like we had already fucked and right you know like it right. wasn't like they were really going out of their way for me they were, it didn't take me on any dates I was yeah. like um and by the third album 
that's why the Life album is so different from all of my other material. It is all, it's again, I went back to full live instrumentation, but it wasn't, I wanted them to have an album they wanted to push. That's why I made that kind of album, because it was like, listen, this is our last album together. Um, why don't we do something that's unique to our, our circumstance, our situation here? You have a bunch of musicians and bands that you work with. I see, so you work with other yeah, artists. Yeah, I was like, label. let's 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 all like do this all together. How? Yeah. What do you want to do? Because I right. already know what I want to do. Right. I've made the kind of records I like to make that are like particular to my taste. Yeah. I'm willing to bend and see how I can work with other uh, styles. Yeah. That's what, so. That's what we did for bend, the Life album. Bend your craft and yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Um, and it was it was scary to me, and it was I think it was a big risk. But um, and I also think I, I split my fan base in half by doing that. A okay. lot of them really hated that record. Okay, um, wow. The approach, the sound—it just wasn't me. It's not yeah. how they knew me up to that Did point. Did you gain new fans from it? Not as many as I would have hoped because I don't Ooh. think it was pushed. I don't yeah. think I really don't think much was done with that record at all. Hardly anything was done with that. So record. do you have bad, no uh, bad feelings about? I, I just—it was like, man, why? Like, why? Do yeah. me like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Are you still in contact wanna, with them or not? Yeah, really? yeah, I am. I am. I. Yeah. I mean, I. I don't want to shit on them. I, yeah. I. But I think they know. I'm not even like. I'm not saying something I hadn't told them. Yeah. And I think they would own up to it. Be like, yeah, we kind of dropped the ball. We didn't yeah. do anything. I. You know, we didn't know who, how to push this. All right. Well, fuck it. But it was the most expensive record I ever made. Okay. Right. You're in studios hiring musicians. Dude, it was and, yeah. so expensive. Oh yeah, that's that adds up real fast. I and know, then I found I out that it. that it ate into like my two other albums with them. Those expenses. Wait. So they got it was retroactive. Like yeah, it goes into the other stuff. Gosh, I didn't find yeah, out until. Yeah. Uh, well, I was told right. oh, industry standard. Blah blah yeah. blah. And I'm like, I'm usually on top of that yeah. shit, but. It, it it hit me in a, yeah. in a few ways. It hit my fan base. It hit, hit my pockets. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, in all, there's songs on there I'm super proud of, and I never would have been able to make certain songs that I think are classics of mine yeah. without putting myself out there in that in that like risk zone. Yeah. So it was worth the gamble. Yeah, gotta, it was a tough gamble, s- though. Stretch to see how far you can stretch before yeah. you draw back a little bit. I just hate doing anything that's not me making the final decisions on everything yes. because. Then I, I I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, but let's go back. Let's go back. Yeah, we skipped. Like we skipped 10 like years. ten years. <laughs> so I, I, what I want to know because you told me you said this to me on on email. You said you had to clear up some things that some people on the podcast. Oh yeah, had they, got, had, <laughs> had had done some timelines wrong or something. I, I only got to listen to three, but there was okay. Uh, you were talking to Dessa, yeah, um, which was a very good interview. She, God, and she, she's um, so articulate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was because I I remembered she said two thousand three is when Doomtree or her and Sims had joined, but I remember Doomtree opened for me in two thousand four. We did a Midwest tour, or may, maybe it was just Minnesota. Um, and who was Doomtree? POS. Dessa wasn't in Doomtree, right? She was in Medita, which opened up for Doomtree. Okay. And that's how they met. I see. And that, that's, I don't know who told me that. I think it was Cecil, but I was always, I was surprised to find that they didn't know each other at that point. Okay. And, um, this was, this point is, is so we've made that correction. Yeah, it's 2004, the, get it right. <laughs> so I, to that you know, I heard, I, I hear an inaccuracy. I start, yeah. like, I can't stop thinking about it. I hear you. I'm the same way. <laughs> um, that was it. There was other stuff. I, it's well, not what worth. Uh, which, which other ones did you listen to? Out of curiosity, um, 
the Adam one. Yeah. Um, the, that was like the first episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I, I, just, I did that on an iPhone. <laughs> sounded great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have to learn how to do these. I need one of these guys. Yeah, I think I have this one. This is actually. not that high tech, man. This is pretty. This is a pretty lo-fi way of doing it. But I think I have one actually. You know, exactly the same one. I get what I can out of them on on the uh, edit. You know what I mean? Later. Try to make it sound good. Oh, I listened to the Dibs one. The Dibs one. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. He, he's... How do you not fact check everything he says? Oh, you can't. You just have to. You just. I think. Did I not say in the beginning, please take this with a grain of salt? <laughs> you have to, you know. I love that dude. Yeah, yeah. But definitely. listening to that podcast, I was like, how do you not. How are you not asking follow up questions? You got to. I mean, things? you know, it, at some point, what is reality? <laughs> what is reality? Like, what, you know, like. You know the, the the Greeks had their had their myths. They had their gods. The Romans had their gods. You know Christianity. Uh, I do believe Jesus existed. Do I believe he was the Son of God? I don't know. That's debatable. You know things like that. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? Dibs. Who knows? At some at some point, uh, you know, there's a fine line. Okay, but uh, yeah. Other than that, I wanted to listen to the Mark Maron one. Uh, I stayed away from that one though. Yeah. I like his because his, his podcast is the only one that I, I've listened to. I like his. Podcast. I'm not a big on. I'm not big on podcasts, yeah. but he, I've listened to a few of his episodes, and yeah. I like the way he interviews. I like. Yeah. He gets into certain things that people probably don't talk about often, and Definitely. they open up. It's good stuff. Definitely, he's good at it. So okay, well, going back, so so, I guess we can we can go to uh, when when we, you put out the record with us. It seems like that's kind of like what happened, sort of building up your, your relationship with Soul. I yeah, it was after I had won a couple big battles. I did one in Boston, which was a big, big for the East Coast, big for New England especially. It was like every recording artist, a hip hop recording artist, was part of this battle. Oh wow! So like, I, like I, names. Uh, yeah, Esoteric, Mr. Liff, Acrobatic. Uh, there was like everyone who had rec- records out. Yeah, except and you for Ed won OG. this battle. Yeah, and That's they didn't wild. really even know. I, I don't think they knew I was an MC at the time. They knew I had a radio show because like word had gotten around that there was some dude in Rhode Island talking a lot of shit. And I so did. You would just be on the radio talking shit about other yeah, MCs yeah. and shit. I, no, I did. I don't know if I. I I honestly can't remember talking like I would diss records. Yeah. I wouldn't be like this guy's a piece of shit. But I yeah. would diss like if I didn't like a song, yeah. I'd say this song's whack. This yeah. beat's whack. This you know, like it was so stupid. It was yeah. really like immature. But you're basically I can't, a teenager, maybe twenty. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I I cringe when I listen to the old radio shows because it's not but you my have person. Them? Yeah, I do. Oh yeah. My God. It's not it's and I gave I've given a lot of them away. I had hundreds. They I, I recorded every show. So as part of a promotion at the, at Strange Famous Records, we would just give away the tapes. Okay. But um yeah, so once I won Scribble Jam in 2000, that just was like I was already selling mixtapes. I had made a good name for myself, but once I won Scribble Jam, that's how the rest of the world learn about me okay because in publications who's this sage francis dude like because scrubble jam had gotten pretty big at that point yeah yeah it was, it was. It, yeah sadly not as big as it was the year after because like i won a thousand dollars for winning scribble jam I, there was 99 rappers in that yeah in that that battle good rappers yeah yeah great yeah i mean incredible a lot of them were incredible the year after it was a ten thousand dollar prize ah bullshit who got, who got that one uh, ADM, right? ADM, okay. Yeah, 2001, yeah. Fuck, 10 grand? Yeah. Jesus. I know. Anyways, yeah. uh, so 
I won Scribble Jam. People searched my name. I was, you know, Napster was happening. My stuff was there. People were getting my records and learning my material. I was able to tour the world. Okay. I was playing everywhere um, in Europe, Canada, America, basically those three spots. Um, and I think Soul, I think a lot of Anacon dudes were on the fence about me because I had uh-huh. more of an East Coast style that you guys were comfortable with. Um, we, yeah, we. There was a rap, I was a rapper. Yeah. I was a very fundamental rapper. Right. Like, and you guys, I think that was too normal for you guys. Right. And I was surprised because I gave you guys, on, before the, the advancement of hip hop, that record, I, I submitted one of, a song of mine called Majority Rule. Okay. Which I, I still think is one of my best songs. Like, it's a, I, don't, I don't do many stories, but that, that is like a, a good story in rap form. Yeah. And you're like, nah, you guys were like, nah, they too many pop culture references. Thing. Okay. I was like That's what they said to you But I, yeah I, I, I still to this day Respect that You had guidelines Right I say you I'm talking about Antico, yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys had guidelines Right That's that was, this More was than fair I had any power in Yeah anything. more than fair yeah. Right But I never changed That shit about me Because I I know what I'm doing I, Yeah Like I understand you it is. be true to your Yeah your, I'm in my craft. lane Yeah I push the limits Within these certain boundaries And I, I like to like Exercise my muscles Within those lanes yeah. and And that's how I develop my style yeah. which is a combination of many things I've learned but to have to that's the first time anyone was like this isn't good enough you know like no it has to be a different way how did that make you feel it pushed me like I think if it happened now I'd be offended but yeah. back then I was I was open to everything and, and I you was were, you know you were still less solid in your thing than you are yeah. now obviously yeah. so and um, it, it it sucked because I really wanted to be part of what was going on with, Did with you, you guys. Did you like what we were doing? The, 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 yeah, I loved it. Well, what I was familiar with was Buck 65, who really wasn't core Anticon. But there I was, mean, there, there, was a, there was a question at that point. Because yeah. I, I think you're still talking about a fledgling label that, or not even label, but crew or whatever it was at that time that didn't have exact membership yeah. boundaries. Because it was like... It, is, well, that's is the thing. Slug it was part of Anticon. Is, is yeah, back bu- then. Is Buck is six two. Like back then, I thought so. Um, and they, I think they saw, they thought so too. I think that was that what I think. You know, they had him in that deep puddle dynamics thing. I think they wanted Slug to be part of the crew, and I think they wanted Buck and and yeah. Know. Well, I, it was good to feel part of that, mm-hmm. um, and to work with so many people who were all weirdos in their own way from all different parts of the world. Yeah, or North America, I should say, and we were pushing the boundaries in our own ways, and there was a camaraderie, right? Um, because we probably had all been through or gone through the gauntlet uh, in our own ways of, of people rejecting us in our our areas. Not we're not making typical hip hop. Yeah. I was more so, but it still was too heady for like real. I think like, the I was groups. just to be to be clear. I was one of the faction that was on the fence about you at the time because I had this idea, and not that I didn't respect what you were doing because I saw that you were skilled, but I had this idea that it would go in a certain direction, and there was a what it was was there was a balance within the the label or the crew. That was basically the fucking 
the New England faction and the Cloud Dead, whatever mm-hmm. thing we were, we were obviously more weird, mm-hmm. right? So it was like I, I felt like, and I was the I was on the far side, and Soul was on the far side, right? And then if he takes you, then that, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and not that I didn't listen to stuff like your stuff because I did, but I felt like with what we were doing, I wanted to push it more towards the whatever yeah. side, but. I think we all agreed at some point that it seemed to make sense with makeshift patriot. Yeah. Well, what made sense for you guys was that my fan base was huge. Well, that was true too. (laughs) My fan base was huge. So I was not only cool with you guys, but it was an automatic sales. You had more people at your shows than any of us did. Yeah. Yeah. And good because I I didn't. You guys had the infrastructure of a label. Yeah. I didn't. I I didn't have even the funding to put out my own records, and it was really important that somebody at that point put out my record whether it was you guys whether it was fucking mush yeah who i'm really glad i didn't work yes with. yes you got burnt you got burned i got yeah i heard stories yeah. so it, anybody i was like this was the time yeah. like so much was happening it had all culminated to this one moment who's it gonna be right thankfully you know i was able to work with you guys and have like help on and it, different it felt sides right. of business. It felt right. I just, yeah. I just want to be completely transparent. But I will but, say, I didn't. I, I know I wasn't. I wasn't family. Like I, soul. Even I felt like, like soul was I, one you of my know, dudes. Honestly, looking back, I regret that. I regret that there was this like, th- there was this sort of, um, insular thing within Anticon. It was like, which to me, now it feels it feels gross looking back. And I, and I, I, I can't take credit for being the main perpetrator of that you know what I mean or that that thing but I you know but yeah well I, I also have my opinions you know yeah. what I'm saying I think you guys in retrospect it might may, maybe you wish it wasn't like that but at the time people were still trying to figure out how what are we doing yeah and what what will affect us in, in ways we don't want to be affected I can I understood that and I what mean, is this you know yeah, what I mean what yeah. is this thing because I did, I felt like you guys were the most West Coast shit in the world. Right. Because I was so East Coast. Right. Even Soul was, like, dissing East Coast shit at the time. Right. Like, acting like he's from fucking <laughs> Oakland. You know, like, he yeah. was just, he just left Maine. I was like, What's I would... What's up, I, homie? Nah. I, yeah, I know, I called him up, I was like, yo, I really like that Three Men at a Bar song. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, you East Coast motherfuckers <laughs> love that shit. I'm like, yeah, man, well... It's a good song. <laughs> yeah. you know, like then I felt shame, you know, like yeah, oh yeah, man, now yeah. I'm in this box like now. Like East Coast meant like like basic and like exactly, yeah, like, exactly. Like pre pre dawn of man, or and something. it was it was it, it and it is like East Coast really stagnated at a certain point, yeah. and I knew I knew that too. I and I wanted to push beyond that, but I at the same time I still really love the basic nature I love working within the basics yeah. guidelines of yeah. like this, this particular sound but what you guys helped do opened me up to everything else yeah so for me to like like consider that and use that when it feels right for me and, and when I see the opportunity for that because I, I really I wasn't following sh- much outside of the east coast honestly yeah besides like Souls of Mischief and you know Far Side. It was I just didn't care. I was on. I was a very East Coast dude. Yeah. So 
this opened me up to all that stuff. That was good. Good. And I did I did feel like an outsider, but at the same time, I felt like I was holding my own against, amongst oh, people who I were mean, not really... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, who, elitists, I will yeah, say. Yeah, there was an elitist yeah. mentality within Anticon that, even at the time, I knew and didn't like that mentality. Um, but I went along with it. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, whatever. And so, you know, maybe I'm just as bad as the Nazis. For, for <laughs> uh, but I, I probably I did the same. Th- I still do the same thing sure, in my own way. Sure, I don't sure. like certain types of people who make certain types of hip hop. I don't fuck with. Like, yeah. And you guys also were on the. Um, I but think- at some point, it became clear that what you were doing was resonating. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, it was undeniable. With the makeshift Patriots single and the and the the personal journals, it was like, okay, this is this makes sense actually. Yeah. Yeah. So well, so being that the only album I did with Anticon, and then uh, hopped over to Lex for the nonprofits record, which I really, really, really regret. I really regret that was it. Bad. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, don't want to get into it, but I really regret working with a foreign label. Yeah. Um, and not having accountability. It's not easy to yeah. deal with that. Um, thankfully, Epitaph was after that. They did raise my recognition level. They did like put money into that record to the point where I was exposed to a new fan base. Yeah, it wasn't because I could have just kept selling to the same people, but it was good to be exposed to new crowds, new audiences. Um, and th- yeah, I mean that uh, me and I still put out mixtapes. I still was doing Strange Famous records, but I couldn't put out an the official. The mixtapes are basically album. for t- for touring on kind of. Nah, I mean it's tough to say. At first, the mixtape was because I had no official album. Yeah. But I did have songs recorded, and I I couldn't present it as an album, so I, I was like, Why? it's a mixtape. What's uh, the difference between the two? Well. The mixtape was live recordings. The mixtape was radio recordings, me rapping over other people's beats. Yeah. Maybe three or four studio songs. Yeah. Wouldn't constitute an album. Right. But it was a lot of really entertaining material that takes up 75 minutes. Yes. And I didn't have anything official out. And this was, this was important to sell. Right. I needed a way to make money, and you were do- you did well off these things, very well, yeah. very well. This and you took all the profit because yeah. there's no. I mean, and labor. I did everything yeah. from scratch. Yeah, I didn't really know how to even do mass production at the point. I, I would go to Kinko's, I made my covers, I photocopied everything, used scissors to cut them into the cassette shape. You were still doing that into the mid '90s too. Yeah, I did that, and I did that into like 2000. I'm sorry, the mid-2000s. No, no, no. I, and then eventually... This is how the mixtape started. I see. But then after that, I still I still had um, a lot of material that wasn't for an album. And I can't right. always say why it is. I don't know. Yeah, is extra, it, extra stuff. I make my albums, and I have a very... I know what I want on the album, and if yeah. so, a song is not fitting well, it's... Off, I, I can't. Right. I can't force it. Even if it's a good song. Yeah. 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 I mean, just, just happened with my last mixtape, Blue. I have a song called Blue. It's one of my favorite songs, and I couldn't get it on the album. It didn't okay. feel right. It yeah. Was, yeah. Different mood or whatever. Yeah. 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 So um, subject it went on the mixtape. Yeah. A few other songs like that too, but um, they were important. Uh, it, the importance changed over time. At first, it was because I had nothing to sell and I needed something to sell. And I also wanted people to have my music uh, that they could bring around with them. So, I sold more than I could make. Um, that helped me 
fund uh, mass production. So then I started making, and then I was able to go through distributors and send stuff out, and yeah. everything blossomed from there. Uh, and to something people don't understand, I still work my own merch booth. And but not did you always, always? No, there's there's points where it doesn't make sense to work the yeah. merch booth, but it's really important. I I, I want to impress upon new you know up and coming musicians and artists. Work your fucking merch booth. Like, yeah. get off stage, go to your merch booth, and have something to sell because people want to support you. Right. And it's not enough for them to just love you, but if they're gonna financially support you, accept that. Yeah. Um, turn it into something. You can you can improve your career. And with they want to see you in front. You know, they want to talk to you as the artist. Yeah. You know, I think as a, as a, if as long as you can, if you have less than, you know, whatever x hundred of people, at you know, if you have less than. 300 people at your show yeah you can you can work the merch booth yeah, and it's can. not that stressful and you know you're gonna make way, way more but it just money. drives me nuts when I see these new dudes who they get off stage go backstage and just chill for the rest mm-hmm. of the night like oh my job's done here like fool that was like one third of your job tonight right right um I, it bugs me as a label owner myself and I have to like tell these dudes I'm sick of telling people to do shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you have to. You have there's so much you have to do. There's no. There's Go no... to SoundCloud. Find my. Peace <laughs> yeah. them out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I hear you, man. Um. What else have we not talked about that's important that we talk about? I mean, we kind of skipped over some middle period a bit. Yeah. A little bit, but. I don't know. I just hope this baby gets the fuck out of here. I love a baby. I want a baby. Ew. You can ever think about settling down? Oh yeah, I think about it every day, and then I think about other stuff. Yeah, better stuff. Would you? You don't want to have kids ever? I don't know. I I, I don't know. I really don't. I. At this point, it feels like I'm not gonna have kids. Wait, you don't have any kids? No, I don't have any kids. No? But you're old. I mean, I'm I'm as old as you, or maybe younger than you, a little bit. But yeah, I'm your age. How old are you? Thirty-six. Yeah, I don't know if I'm gonna have kids. I don't know if it's good to pass down certain genes. You feel like you're pro- you you have bad bad genes inside you. Yes. Are you a bad man? No, I come from a line of long line of bad men. But you you have, but maybe your child would reform even more than you did, and and then then you're turning, I don't know turning to goodness. Yeah, through, through the, uh, the, my mo- the mother's genes. My experience with other. Like, I already hate this kid, you know? Like, I don't... Don't say that. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry. But, um... Say no. it. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm not a good... I wouldn't be a good dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's proof you already, enough. You just, you just have, like, a... Right, you don't have... That doesn't make you want to go pick the kid up and hug it mm-hmm. and love it. Just want to... No, I just want to... Walk away. Yeah. You're gonna say something worse. Yeah. Punt, punt it. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm a caring dude. Yeah. Honestly, like I would yeah. never. I try to. I just know. If I had to be in charge of it, 24 hours a day, It'd drive you nuts. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to test myself. So you're a loner. At some point, I'm. You're, you're a loner by by nature in yeah. many ways, based on maybe growing up like that, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, sounds I like so. it to me. Um, but you're not. But you're okay with that. You never. You don't get lonely. I don't. You said in a song, you don't. I don't get lonely. Um, I, I I thought about it because I, I had spent so much time alone, and when I hear people speak of, about loneliness, uh, 
I remember at points in my life feeling lonely, and yeah. I don't feel that anymore. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I remember the first time I got off a plane, the very first time someone wasn't there to pick me up um, after a show. I think I did something in California or whatever. And my second girlfriend in college wasn't, she didn't come pick me up. Some, uh, no one could pick me up for whatever reason. And I felt like sad. Yeah. I felt bad. That was the only time, that was the last time I felt that. Like okay. ever since then, I actually prefer not to have. But you say you're a serial monogamist. Yeah, yeah. No, I have uh, many relationships, long term relationships, but <laughs> I don't feel lonely. I did spend. What's weird is that six year relationship, I spent most of that time alone. Right. Or on the road. Yeah. And she went back to school, so she was like, she was working and going to school, so. I think, um, no, I don't, I don't do, know. Do you, do you occupy your time with things like, do you ever feel a certain way that you, or, or do you do watch shit on Netflix or do you, uh, no, you know, I'm just trying to think of what do you, or, or, I watched McGruber. You ever see that movie? I did. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. It's like a Judd Apatow thing or something, mm, wasn't it? Uh, no. Or am I tripping? No, McGruber is, um, it's just like one of the. It's an SNL skit that turned okay. into a movie, but it's the best best SNL skit movie of all time. Okay. Uh, and it's one of the best movies of all time in general, of, across all okay. film genres. Um, I watched that, and I watched The Last Temptation of Christ pretty much on repeat. Okay. Um, and I work. You work a lot. I work a lot. Yeah. Are you, Meaning... It, is that you sitting with a notebook, basically? Ah, uh, my my laptop. Or laptop, yeah, okay. Yeah, day and night. It's it's running. I'm doing emails. I'm updating things. I'm... I, I know we've been going for a long time, but I'd actually like... Well, that stuff, business stuff, right? But what about... Can I ask you about process a little bit? About your, your lyric writing? Yeah. Like... Are you? There's different types of lyric writers. I find. Are you like a beginning to end guy? Are you like a collector over time and then piece both. piece her together? I'm both. I okay. do both those things. Okay. And do you do it like scratching by hand, or 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 is it all on a laptop at this point? I do both. Okay. I know. There's no one way. Yeah. I, I've done. I've done. I've done all those things, and I continue to do all those things. Okay. I used to just be notebooks. I hate. I actually hated computers. But I work on a computer so often, and then I found out it's just much clearer and yeah. easy to edit if everything's on a computer. So I yes. started collecting ideas on into a folder on my computer. But I also, I mean, I still go do, around do with things, my notebook. And, do things go between songs? Like, do you have, like, stanzas that could fit between different, you know what I'm saying? Like, this could be in this song, this song, this song, That's this all song. my, almost all my writing is like that. Okay. So this is, oh. So it was just like random things that yep. pop up. So I, yep. I write it down. This is the little notebook. Yep. But most of and then it's mostly pictures of men, stick figures <laughs> of men with penises. <laughs> and then I draw. There's one guy pooping on a car. <laughs> yeah. Um. But now I, I started like jotting ideas down on my iPhone when I, you mm-hmm. know, on my phone when I'm driving. And, I do that too. And then I, I try to collect everything. Put Not it while it I'm driving together. though. I drive so much. You just, yeah. You know, keeps me busy. Yeah. Keeps me focused. Good, good. Otherwise, I daydream, and then that's even more dangerous than me, like knowing I have to pay attention. So you kind of you're right. You're you. You're, you're, is it mainly? How do you know when something's good? When it when you want to? I feel. It down? I just feel it. I just like 
there's a feeling I get when I know it, it's exactly how I want it to be. How, this, this wording, this phrasing, this, this rhythm, the way these things fit together, this is exactly how it has to be. I just have that feeling. Right. That's it. Right. Sometimes I'm not sure, like, a lot of that stuff never gets used, but I can always go back to it if I feel like fucking with it. But, um... Do you you collect, like, a a big pool of, like, orphan rhymes that could go wherever? You have, like, a one big text edit file or or, or word file? Okay. Me too. Me too. It goes back. I, I, on my last record, the one that came out last year, I have lyrics on it that I wrote in 2005. Right, right. I, and ideas that go back to 2002. Yeah. Every record is like that. Every every project I do is is a, it's just a collection. Some things need to germinate for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, you wait for the right time to use an idea. It's like yeah. it has to have the right sound. It has to be the right beat. It has to be the right situation. So. Those ideas, just because they don't work in the moment, doesn't mean you throw them away. Right. You hold on to them. You wait for you wait for you know until he's like, "Coach, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to get in the game. Yep. Put me in." Um, but there's also sometimes you have to write uh, like top to bottom, all in one shot. That makes its own t- type of song and its own thing. I, I do that as well. I, in fact, sadly, I, I say sadly because it makes me feel like I shouldn't be doing this piecemeal bullshit but my I think the more popular songs are the ones I write from top to bottom you know what I think it's the same for me honestly um maybe not a hundred percent and I rarely write a song from top to bottom but also when I do write something top to bottom it means that something is like urgently needing to be said Right? Right, 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 rather than when the lines come to you from outer space right. or wherever the fuck <laughs> they come to you, like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, write that yeah. down. When there's something that's like needs to be said for a whole song's worth of, of of lyrics, then it's probably something that's really on your heart, right? That's I think so. Yeah, probably the difference to me. But it's also um, this unfiltered stream of immediate conscience right that we filter out with 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 uh, the past pieces that we hold on to and you know we connect them like Legos in our yes kit. but when you write top to bottom there's it's just a more natural honest it's uh, more natural and honest it, it's, it's less diluted though and, and like there's there there is more like space in it like I find like when I write something piecemeal it's it's basically jam after jam you know what I mean? Because that's all I'm going to allow in there. That's that's I've trimmed everything else away. Yeah. So it's like it's like Angus with no fat. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just yes. dense fucking meat. Yeah. But like it, it, you know, in the in the top to bottoms, you know, there, if if you could pull lots of lines out of context, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is not like the greatest line, but somehow it works within the context. Yeah. It will. It gives gives the brain time to breathe even the, the not every line has to be crushing you know yeah. sometimes it's just you have to have a little bit of filler in there mm-hmm. which i don't i hardly have any filler but yeah, i agree you, I, you're right when you write top to bottom it is there because yeah. like i still listen to these songs like make them purr which was you referenced the song earlier i yeah. wrote that in about an hour the okay. whole song yeah and i still like i will go back and i'm like if i had if I had a week to write that song, it probably would not sound anything like that. Right. I would have not used this word. And I used one word twice 
right close to each other, right. which really we, annoys me. We never do that. I didn't. I didn't even notice <laughs> yeah. it until after I had recorded it because yeah. it was like so. That's quick. something that when I was first starting, I didn't know that that was a thing. But Drucker, Adam Drucker, was like uh, when I first met him, and like we'd start to write together. Like, oh no, 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 no! You never use a word twice. You never use a word twice. Like you know, you got to use a, you got to get into your fucking like synonym dictionary or whatever the fuck the source to find a, another word. You know, now I, you know, I don't agree with that at all. But at the time, you know, he he, he had some pretty serious rules, and he was he was uh, really good at what he did. And it was like I was like, oh okay, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, oh. We all have our rules, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it was good. It was good to to, to break those rules and, yeah. and when you have to. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you know, sometimes you you rhyme everything, huh? Huh? <laughs> uh, huh? Uh, huh? 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 Ju- juvenile song or whatever that was. Yeah, my pro- my writing process is so tough to explain because it's not. It's never been one way. It's always all yeah. those things. And, yeah, that's same with me. Yeah, it's the best way to do it. Writing. And inspiration comes from different things. Yeah. You know, the way it comes out of you will come out in different ways and at different times. And it also gives a full experience for the listener, I think, for them to hear the type of stuff you write in the moment, over time, you know, when you're angry, when you're sad, when you're happy. Like, all these things, if they come through, the human experience you're sharing with the listener, that's what they connect with. It should be well-rounded. Yeah, yeah. That's why I love. That's what I love about mixtapes. Um, and I tr- sometimes I try to make my album sound like mixtapes sometimes because I want to just have that full experience of different things coming in and out. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's, that's my favorite. What, that, that's I feel like what what uh, Prince Paul stuff always sort of felt like. But he'd throw mm-hmm. the answer machines mm-hmm. in, and he felt you know like I love Prince Paul. I wish yeah. I had worked with him. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, like Balloon Mind State. You know, you referenced so that. Good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, God, just the way that that flows, and the, yeah, that album is masterful. Masterful. Yep. That's pro. If I was to say, if you were to give me a top five albums of all time, that would probably be on there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, okay, we're gonna get out of here in a minute, and I know you got to drive to Columbus, but I want to ask two more things. Okay. One is, do you feel like in your work, and I don't mean work in 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 terms of business stuff and all that shit. But in terms of your, your artistic endeavors, do you feel like you have pretty good flow with it, or do you feel like it's always a struggle, and, you, and you're always like struggling towards finishing the next thing and not knowing what it's going to be, and then finally it reveals itself, you know, or, or do you feel like it's pretty smooth and like you have your fixed way that you kind of can feel it out, uh, even if you work in a variety of ways? What kind of work? You mean I albums? Mean music, yeah. Oh, oh. Uh, I guess it's kind of smooth. I, I never struggled. Like, there's so much to to feed off of. I don't know. That's a tough question because I you never feel like you can go from one thing to the next thing. And, yeah. No, no, okay. It's not. A, it's not a problem for me. I just do take my time. Yeah. But it's never for a lack of material or ideas or or stamina or you know I. I just I need more time in the day. I, I need yeah. I need I want to play around more and um, with the music and with ideas and I don't often have that opportunity. I did I recorded the last re- record in my house. First time I ever did like a studio album in my house. Yeah. Horrible setup and old stuff and 
I was all I did did it all by myself and but you had um, beat makers no yes I did, yeah, yeah. did. I definitely but beat they makers. would just give you beats they emailed me yeah I get the who, stems who mixed did somebody alias did okay okay because yeah. it sounds good yeah he yeah. he saved it yeah he saved okay. it because okay. I was like dude I recorded this in my house yeah. I don't even have a sound booth yeah please like let's see how we can make the sound because there was no way I could do it anywhere else yeah I was kind of like I was a shut in for a while and um I that's how I had to record the record yeah it just was the most it was how it had to be I don't know how else to explain it but that for that moment in time for what I was going through where I was living what I had to get out of I knew I had to do it in my house I almost didn't like I was trying to get to a studio and then I was like this it doesn't feel right I have to do it all on my own especially because I was I was sick and I had like an upper respiratory infection and it was it painful like to do a lot of those songs like physically hurt yeah it was like have the breath control I needed to like execute certain lines it was so tough I had to do like 100 takes you you you're too too good for punch-ins so I, I I mean I do I do punch in sometimes yeah. I'm, I'm actually I'm not not good enough at editing and shit to I really see, do I that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm still there. I'm in a weird. Yeah. I'm still in 1990 somehow. Right, um, right. Yeah, so you got to crack a Fruity Loops or something. <laughs> yeah. I never even did that. I don't right? even know what that is. Yeah, I've okay. just heard that name before. <laughs> but yeah, so that was. Um, it, but it was once I just I decided I'm doing this record. I, yeah. Like I went at it. I had I had because I had I spend so much of my time outside of making records, collecting ideas and beats. And lyrics for records. Yeah. So when it comes time, I'm like, I got to do a record. Let's do it. So it, do it. It, you just pull, you kind of just pull everything together. Yeah. And, and well, go. I go through everything. I'm like, what is feeling right right now? Yeah, yeah. What, what's working at this moment? What is this beat? Is this working with the other beats? Because I, I have like 200, at least 200 beats sitting in that my different like, people send mm-hmm. you. Okay. Yeah, and over time, I, it, I thank them for their patience because when someone sends me a beat that I really like, I'm like I'm gonna do something with this. But please be patient. Yeah, it might not come out for another ten years. I've done that. What do you offer beat makers? Do you get you give oh, them half, half the publishing? Or yeah, yeah, I give okay. them half publishing. Yeah. And then and then how do you pay people on? on it depends this is, on that's what they want. Personal, I don't. Yeah, mean, yeah. It really depends on the person. Like, yeah, I'll I'll ask them up front because I don't want it to be an issue down the line. Yeah. So I'll say like, what do you what do you want for this? Yeah. You know what is this worth to you? you because again, I do have a lot of things. And I never know if I'm actually going to use the beat. Right. So I try to, I try to like get a sense up front. And yeah. It's been good. There's people have been honest. Like, yeah. If they need a G, if yeah. they want to, they say, oh, it's for free. I just like I want to, would love to work with you. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I do give them half publishing and yeah, they get the copyright for the writing and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But business is crazy. I'm working with people from all over the world. It's like Swed- Swedish, French, Canadian, American, you know. So it's yeah. like people have different circumstances, and I don't know a lot of them. I, like on the last record, I don't bro it out with them. We don't have like any other relation outside of this one song together. So that's that's tough to juggle sometimes, really, to get a sense of what is what is um, but you don't pay, you don't pay people off of the records because that's kind of confusing as fuck wouldn't it be if you if like you had to pay people from royalties like later or you do that sometimes no say that again like if like on sales oh no no yeah, I, I keep it clean I, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah doing the math that's a nightmare with that it many is. people I, it is yeah yeah 
I mean, Epitaph does that kind of shit. I'm sure. So they yeah. got a staff to, to right. handle they have, all that. They have an accounting yeah. staff. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, my, my last question. And I just to say why I asked that question, is that something I'm dealing with now? It's like I don't have a good flow, and I feel like I never have... And everything from project to project, project to project, everything always comes as like, okay, what am I doing now? What what is this? What is this? Like, really, what is this thing that's shaping up? Like, you know, it always has to reveal itself to me. I follow it. You know what I'm saying? Rather than, well, that's there. Like you, I have to keep myself open to that. Yeah. And when that happens, it's really special. Yeah. But I don't wait for that to happen. Right. You just you, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope it happens. Yeah. But. If it doesn't, I have my fallbacks. Yeah, yeah. That's really important to do because yes. you get a. We have a, such a short amount of time on this planet, you know. Um, if we keep waiting for the miracle to come, you're going to miss out on on a lot of other things that should have been happening in the interim. So that was a lesson I learned early on. Waiting for other people to do things for me. I, that's why I became a DIY monster at a certain point. I'm like, I can't rely on anybody to yeah. do anything um, and when people help and support I'm very grateful for it but it's not something I ever re- will rely on there's nothing I can't rely on anything I have to figure out what. how will I get along if this doesn't happen how will I get along if I lose this if the, you know it's always like I can go as bare bones as possible and still keep shit moving that's important uh, for an indie artist yes yeah. Yeah. Even if you're a guitar player and a singer, and uh, what happens when your guitar's gone? Can you can you still entertain a crowd? Right. You should be able to. I thought you did really well last night with all that shit going down. You 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 kept you kept a pretty uh, you kept you kept a cool head, and you didn't. Yeah. You know, I could have. I mean, I could have dealt with that in a better way, but how? I, I mean, because I I didn't, I, I didn't want to perform. I could have just performed without the music. I see, I see. But I didn't want to give the sound guy an excuse not to come up and right, fix stuff because right. then he'd be like, oh, he's handling it. It's okay. He's handling it 45 <laughs> minutes of acapella music. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, my, my last question is, is just what's next? I mean, you're on tour until December. Yeah. Do you, are you able to write on the road at all? I mean, yeah. in this capacity? Just like while you're driving, you said. Yeah, collecting ideas. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of thinking when driving. It's that's my meditation too. Yeah. I feel it like I go deep in the rabbit hole of the head. You yeah. Know, like um, I think about things that have uh, disturbed me. I, I figure out why it's disturbing me, how I can improve it. Um, some thoughts that keep repeating that never improve. I know I have to deal with them at some point. But you're aware of them. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. Everything comes to the surface, um, and songwriting is good like for me to grab those things and put it down on page and like how do I deal with this on the page um it's it's really good for writing is 90% thinking about things and then 10% actually putting it down absolutely so I don't actually have to type or write anything I just have to think about stuff I love driving I don't mind except for the exhaustion I did hit a wall of exhaustion the other day and I was like fuck I have like five more shows in a row to do but that sucks but yeah. I'm okay with everything else I don't mind the drives and like I said I, I don't get lonely I like these lone, lonesome drives yeah. you know they're good yeah. they're good for everything else I have to do and what happens after December are you just gonna chill out for a while I know you can't wait probably I, I don't know I, um, I want, I'm gonna go to the gym 
I decided that on one of my long drives, go back to the gym. I have to do that. Yeah. I have to go to the dentist, get my teeth fixed. Um, I have to go to a doctor, I, which I, I haven't seen a doctor, like a physician to like check me. Not when I'm like in an emergency situation, you Just know, general get a physical. Yeah. I haven't done that since I was like 18. Right. I have to do that. Um, my house is falling apart. I have to fix my house up. <laughs> you know, like a billion little things that I yeah. know I have to do that I'm running away from right now as I tour. Um, the label, I, I have to like put more attention and time into the label to figure out how we're going to proceed. I don't really know what a label's purpose is in 2015, 2016. How, how we're moving forward, how is it really going to play out? And how will I justify paying a staff? And how big should the staff be? Um, am I still going to use a distributor when everyone's just streaming music? And am I giving them a percentage of my money? just to have my music up on a streaming service right you know like little things like that add up over time and things change so i I don't want to get stuck i did get stuck in other parts of the business that i held on to like dinosaur shit for too long and it hurt my career it hurt me it hurt my label so i I have to be very on top of those things but all these things that i have to do when i'm when i'm done touring but yeah I like that I, I'm taking this time that I have because there's nothing pressing back home that I have to do. Um, I don't have to see anybody. I have cats. That's, you know, like, those are the only things that I'm missing when I'm on the road. So Somebody's taking care of the cats. I yeah, see. my cousin will okay. come in and take care yeah. of them. That, that was, that's really important. Um, but other than that, I'm just glad I can physically do what I'm doing because I don't know how long, how much longer I can actually do as much as I do, yeah. you know, and, and it takes its toll, man. Yeah. 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 But I, I'm, I feel healthier here on the road than I do at home. I stagnate and I, I sit on the couch and I work and, you know, I'm eating all this junk yes. and I like zoning out and like McGruber's playing on the TV. <laughs> I know what you mean. In some ways I feel healthier on the road, but then I realize once I get done, there is that like, I'll sleep for like four days and realize that like, oh shit, like I actually am really exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's gonna happen. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I, I don't know, dude. I'm going to South Africa after this. Really? Yeah, like August I'll be in South Africa. Come back, do a couple more um, shows down south. Then I go to Europe. I come back. I do some more shows in New England and oh, all through Canada, and. Um, I'm like, I'm just going to go until the wheels fall off. But yeah. December is the end point for me. I'm not booking any more shows after that. Yeah. Unless South America is like, what's up? You've never yeah, played yeah. here. Come. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's the thing. Is there's always <laughs> something more that comes up. All right. Well, yeah, we've got a healthy chunk of material yeah. here. You should edit a lot of this boring I'm not going to edit. I'm leaving oh. it. I just leave these pretty much. I mean, I'll edit a tiny bit. But, you know, it is what it is. Okay. It's natural. Been sitting here at the coffee shop, Collective Espresso. In Northside, Cincinnati, Ohio, with Uncle Sage Francis. Thanks for um, oh man the long talk. It's Thank more you, we've man. more than we've ever spoken. This is more we've than we've ever spoken. We need podcasts to talk to one another now. It's weird, but I agree. It's been I've, I've, <laughs> I have to get a podcast. I've found that man that like I've connected with people that I've known for years, such as yourself, but have never really sat down with, and, yeah. and uh, it's a beautiful thing to me uh, to, to be able to do this. Really, for the record, the the baby thing they couldn't hear what I was saying 
She, I think the mother heard no, you. No, they couldn't hear. No, they, she heard you. But when she was it. walking out, she was laughing. So <laughs> she didn't take it serious. I think you're fine. Um, all right, man. Say bye to these people out Bye. Here. Hey, guys. Fuck you. Peace out. <laughs>Thanks, y'all. That was a hearty chunk of material. A lot of wisdom from the man Sage right there. Quite Sage wisdom, if I, do, if I do say so myself. The Wandering Wolf Podcast.com, at Yoni Wolf on Twitter, and everywhere else in the internet sphere. Find me. Have a great week, you guys. I'll be back next week with another rapper. Take care. I'm Schlepte. Outs Hundana A Swiss German Keep wandering I was a lot more comfortable Being vulnerable and open When I was younger And it wasn't clear If I was or wasn't joking But so much is broken Just like fuck it The fix is in If I can't hide in plain sight anymore I'll just stay hidden It's been a minute since I left this domicile No need to change my outfit I'll rock it like it's going out of style It's out of style Ain't no one here to tell me otherwise Gets more difficult to stay inside during the summertime But most of the time it's just like any other time Avoid personal interaction and human touch Shut the blinds It's been a while since I left this bachelor pad I need to go to the market soon Cause the food is going bad the food is bad I found it's difficult to just cook for one With healthy recipes Well, depending on what book they're from If you want to eat healthy Gotta dirty some dishes The frozen dinner's quickly ready to serve And it's so delicious It's not delicious, it's disgusting But it satiates the hunger with a quickness And hey, at least it's something At least it's something At most it's nothing the fuck's wrong with me? I don't know, I'm just adjusting It's been a month since I left this cabin The doctor was worried about a fever And other difficulties I've been having She called me on Christmas, that was my gift She was worried I might die I said I might die, no shit been forever since I've said something that I can't wiggle free from If there's anything I cherish in this self-inflicted prison is freedom Comes at a cost, so I'm private to a fault Till I default on the loan for home is actually more like a vault No one knows a combo but little old me The head honcho, the holder of the key Alone but never lonely It's been a millennia since I left this dominion Been in the company of any women at least I got my kittens Spent more cash on my cat than I did myself When he stopped eating, I took him to the vet So they could check his health They put a feeding tube into his neck I said, please let this work Cause if it doesn't, I got nothing left I didn't say that, but they saw that Cat had my tongue, I didn't speak at all They told me to call back But it wasn't weird, I did nothing but stand right there But to fix this, money's no object Type stare, it's been a year Since I stepped into anyone else's private quarters I've been busy self-diagnosing disorders First world problems, yeah USA, number one, top of the world I'm in a tux and cumberbund Welcome everyone to the party of the century It's sure to be one for the books, no doubt Medical ones especially, my 20s were a blur My 30s were a blur My 40s, I'm not so sure But I'ma make them blur My 20s were a blur
outro. I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> or something like that. Like, I already hate this kid, you know? Like, I don't... Don't say that. <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry.